Hello, I'm Everett Wall, and you're listening to My Street Journal, a not-so-weekly news podcast that gives you the top stories days after they break. Coming up, ISIS kills 60 in a suicide bombing at Kabul airport in a desperate bid for media attention, and later, a Proud Boy Summer of Love event led to the attempted murder of a group of Antifa counter-protesters. Stay with us. Wall Street Journal is brought to you by Golden Pear Underwear, previously the only underwear made out of 100% gold silk. Due to the recent settlement regarding the diamond-encrusted boxer brief, Golden Pear is now the only company that sells underwear with moth holes. Chic and stylish, like tattered jeans, but on underwear. And keep an eye out for the winter lineup where Golden Pear will introduce their first ever G-string. Nearly 70 people died and over 100 more were injured in Kabul after two suicide bombers detonated explosive devices at the airport. Twelve of those killed were United States troops. Despite some initial reporting speculating that the Taliban were behind the attack, ISIS has claimed responsibility. The following is a clip from a video in which the terrorist organization acknowledges their role in the attack. The world was watching Afghanistan, and we realized that meant nobody was paying any attention to us. The Taliban was getting so much coverage, but there was no such love for their Islamic terrorist brothers. So we decided to spice things up. We actually planned on staking a claim within Kabul before it had fallen, but Joe Biden is right, the Taliban is fast. Even we didn't anticipate that they would move in so quickly. Frankly, they're setting the bar for terrorism. That's why we knew we had to step up our game. And we're not done yet. Oh no, not by a long shot. Shortly after ISIS released the video, a second clip was put out. In the footage, a slightly different looking group claims to be, quote, the real ISIS and denies any responsibility. The news media needs to stop confusing the two of us. We are very different. We are the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. They are the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, Khorasan province, and have no connection to the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. It couldn't be clearer. The distinction was later confirmed by a third video sent out by the ISIS that was actually behind the attack. We actually do have some connection to the other ISIS, but that's okay. We get what they're saying. You can just call us ISIS-K from now on. Just think of Special K. That'll help you remember. President Joe Biden spoke to the media after the attack, vowing to avenge the fallen soldiers. He pledged to hunt down the perpetrators behind the bombing and retaliate as soon as he figures out what to do with the remaining 1,000 U.S. citizens still stuck in Afghanistan. The far-right neo-fascist group The Proud Boys held a rally last Sunday in downtown Portland, Oregon that left dozens injured as the extremists clashed with anti-fascist counter-protesters. The event was called the Summer of Love by The Proud Boys and was intended to commemorate the riots in Portland one year ago, presumably by repeating the violence. The day started off with a mishap, as only half of the initial protesters got the memo of a venue change, leaving a clump of confused white nationalists roaming a waterfront park. The actual rally was held in a vacant parking lot downtown. Speaking at the event was a prominent Proud Boy leader, Tusitala Toese. Toese has been arrested on multiple counts for inciting violence and thus has earned the honorable white supremacist nickname, Tiny. Our brothers and sisters who bravely fought on January 6th to take our country back are being called insurrectionists by the left and the mainstream media. They aren't insurrectionists, they're political prisoners. They tried to kill a bunch of politicians, and now they're prisoners. It's cut and dry. 
While the rally continued as expected, with the speakers threatening violence against minorities, the other group was forced to improvise. Impromptu debates were set up with random passerby, then with the anti-fascist counter-protesters who also didn't hear the news of the venue change. What began as a structured discussion of deontological thinking versus utilitarianism quickly descended into chaos when the question, why are you hitting yourself, was prompted. Despite the violence, Portland police were unable to respond. All units were investigating a missing apple pie that had been swiped off of Mrs. Crabtree's windowsill earlier that day. The police finally did show up, but only after a gunman fired at a crowd of anti-fascists. Thankfully, no one was killed. The shooter, 65-year-old Dennis Anderson, was promptly arrested. Wait, why are you handcuffing me? Officer, I'm with the Proud Boys. We're on the same side here. Coming up, the CIA director secretly met with top Taliban leaders in Kabul during the U.S. evacuation for brunch. And later, an incriminating video shows Tampa police competing for who can arrest the most nonviolent protesters. Stay with us. Wall Street Journal is brought to you by St. James VPN. St. James is the only virtual private network designed to ensure your privacy as you browse illicit photos of... Oh my god, that's horrible. I'm not saying that. I refuse to be sponsored by... How much do they give? St. James VPN is safe, reliable, and affordable. And it's used by hundreds of politicians, celebrities, and members of the royal family. Sign up now and don't forget, for 10% off your final order, use code AMPUT at checkout. Ugh. In a shocking story uncovered only days ago, it has been revealed that CIA Director William Burns flew to Kabul during the attempted evacuation of the city following the president's orders. While in Afghanistan, Burns met with senior Taliban leaders, a decision later defended as part of a method of negotiation. Here's a spokesperson for the director speaking to reporters. A soldier had left behind a Game Boy game. He must have forgotten it or dropped it somewhere, and we were trying to get it back. It's just a little cartridge. It's not playable without the actual Game Boy, so we thought we had a good chance of negotiating for it. And I'm proud to say to the American people, mission accomplished. Sources say that the Mario Tennis cartridge is back with its rightful owner and still in good working condition. In exchange, the United States agreed to provide the Taliban with several dissident refugees. There are currently no updates on their condition or whereabouts. During the negotiation, the CIA director also attempted to budge the Taliban on their demand that all U.S. allies vacate the country by the 31st, but the terrorists stuck to it hard and fast. It's like, really rude if you don't leave when you say you're going to leave. We've all had in-laws who do that kind of thing, say they're leaving in a week and end up staying a month. So we're going to treat you just like we would treat our mother-in-law by brutally murdering you if you disobey us. This is an appalling development, particularly because U.S. intelligence agencies doubt that a full evacuation can be carried out by the 31st. In a press conference held at the Pentagon, a spokesperson claimed that the most generous estimates showed, quote, several thousand left behind. I understand that I'm being a bit vague, but that's because we really don't know how many will be able to get out. A lot of our transport helicopters have been rented and are being used to film the new Matrix movie. But when that flick comes out, the action scenes are going to be so cool. Newly released aerial footage from the 2020 July 4th arrests in Florida could potentially incriminate Tampa police officers in targeting Black Lives Matter protesters. In the video, officers swarm a retreating crowd as a voice on the radio frequency can be heard saying, quote, try to get charges on somebody if you can. 
When criticism of the officer's behavior and calls for the arrested parties to be released began, the Tampa Police Department were quick to defend their decision. They claimed that the soundbite heard on the news was only a snippet of the actual order sent out over the radio. The following clip was played for the audience of reporters. Try to get charges on somebody if you can. And by charges, I mean tickets and fines. If anyone happens to get arrested despite not doing anything wrong, it is clearly their own fault, and you officers hold no responsibility. Alright boys, let's get them. The validity of the clip was instantly called into question, and eventually the police retracted the footage and admitted it was edited. A representative for the department clarified the true situation later on a local morning talk show. Alright, it's true. It wasn't about tickets, it was about arrests. You got us. But the order had good intentions behind it. You know, our team of bicycle cops, they so rarely get to make arrests, and we figured it was their time. We were just trying to be inclusive. Oh, and you should have seen the looks on their faces when they violated those protesters' right to assemble. It, it was like Crooked Cop Christmas. The Black Lives Matter organizers arrested in the altercation over a year ago still face charges, and trial is set to begin later this September. However, Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren has just filed a motion to restrict the proceedings from discussing free speech, the right to assemble, the peaceful nature of the protest, and police conduct. It's important that we don't allow things to distract us in this trial. We need to be vigilant in sticking to what we're here to adjudicate, and that's whether or not these protesters said mean and hurtful things to our boys in blue. Officers have feelings too, you know. For more satire news, check out the Wall Street Journal Not-So-Daily blog on everettwallrocks.com. I'm Everett Wall, and this was My Street Journal. Thank you for listening.